Because mean people need to laugh, too. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says, like, three words. He, he's, like, really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume. I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid Polish weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLI drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It's Tuesday, August 13th, 2013. Uh, first and foremost, because I have not called her yet today, I have to wish a wonderful happy birthday to my mother. I will call her after the show is over. I promise if my sister is listening, uh, please tell her to expect a call from me. I've been dealing with uh, I've been dealing with computer shit all fucking day. And I'll probably rant on that a little bit later. And I'm already pretty much a bunch of bottles deep, so that'll kind of explain my mentality today. 
If anybody would like to Skype into the show, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, or you can call 862-345-7125. That is 862-ALCOHOL. So hopefully you guys can spell out there. And of course, got stuff going on in the Facebook group. I know, um, for instance, let's see here. Um, Dennis can't listen tonight, but he is drinking his Stone Espresso Imperial Russian Stout. Uh... Sam Adams Oktoberfest is making Mitch burp like a fish or something. I don't know. That's kind of what I got from it. Uh, so you can check that out. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And of course, download all the shows on More Like Radio. We have a fantastic lineup of shows. You can get them on iTunes. Look up uh, More Like Radio. You can get them on morelikeradio.com slash downloads and on our new portal at morelikeradio.org. Uh, also, there is the alcohol by volume beer tasting list. That is an open spreadsheet that you can add stuff to. Add your beers to the list and uh, let your fellow drinkers know what you like, what you don't like, and what we should probably avoid. I know I added some stuff there recently. In fact, uh, oh yeah, I should probably give the URL for it. tinyurl.com slash tasting. Um, let's see here. See, I'm having a problem typing and talking tonight. Okay, let's see if there's been anything added since I added my stuff. Uh, nope. Uh, last thing I added, and this was actually, uh, uh, it it was a set of brews that I had mentioned on the show before. Um, Anheuser-Busch, they had done a thing with their uh, 12 brewmasters around the country, kind of a competition, seeing what they could come up with kind of outside of the box ideas, at least for Anheuser-Busch, different Budweiser ideas. And they picked three different brews. I only reviewed one of them thus far. I got to review the other two on here. But there were three different brews that won. They're named uh, under batch numbers, and the batch number is the zip code of the brewmaster that came up with it. The one I've logged in here is batch number 63118. I don't remember what the zip code for that is. Somebody in the chat can probably uh, come up with that. And if you're not in the chat and you're listening live, join in morelikeradio.com slash live. This one was a German Pilsner and it, I, I bought a case of 12 so it had three of each batch in the box. I think that's right. Yeah, three, six, nine, no. No, I guess it would have had to be four. Yeah, I can't do fucking math, can I? Um, but anyway, this one, it was about 6% alcohol by volume. <laughs> Name of the show. And my review says, a nice nutty quality to the brew, good release from Budweiser. I was actually pleasantly surprised by these. I was thinking that they were just going to be kind of you know, different variations on the theme from what you normally get from Budweiser, but they were actually surprisingly different. I, I was pretty happy with that. Like I said, I had mentioned them one time on the show in terms of new beer releases that were coming out. I saw, I think it was just one case of it in my uh, local liquor store. So I, I figured what the hell, pick it up. It was like 18 bucks, something like that. And I finished the entire damn case over the weekend because I'm pretty much only drinking on weekends and Tuesdays now because I'm trying to be responsible because uh, nothing, nothing more attractive than a responsible alcoholic, right? Uh, but anyway, let's see here. Uh, 
Yeah, a few others I did recently. Shiner, Ruby Redbird, Budweiser Black Crown, which I am actually drinking tonight. I'm I'm not going over to the dark side. I'm not you know stepping away from craft beer, but I I didn't feel like really mulling over a bunch of different options tonight. I picked up a six pack of this. It was like seven seven fifty. I I can't complain about that. Budweiser Black Crown for a Budweiser product is actually pretty good. It's a higher alcohol level, six uh, percent American Amber Red Lager. It, I think I mentioned actually. I think I was talking about this last week on the show. It reminds me of how, in my mind's eye, Budweiser used to taste when I thought it was good. So, it's, it, you know, it, it's doing its job tonight. I'm not complaining about it. And I, I, um, I did Red's Apple Ale on there, Summertime Ale from Atwater Block Brewery, Purple Gang Pilsner from Atwater Block. Uh, I was able to pick those up when I was in Pennsylvania last. So if you want to add stuff to that list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Uh, let's see what else I got going on here. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing I was drinking tonight, and uh, I got favorited by by the brewery themselves. I should probably see if I'm following them. Uh, follow them on Twitter here. See, I'm, I'm being productive. The Why High Stefan Vitus. It's their um oh bloody hell. I've completely forgotten what style of beer it is now. Arrgh! Um let me see if I can bring this up on untapped. It, it's a Weisenbach. It was uh you know one of the larger bottles. It was like three bucks. Chugged it down pretty quickly because I just needed a beer. But pretty good. Pretty happy with that. Weihein Stefaner is I, if I remember correctly, the world's oldest brewery, and they tagged themselves as that. I see them at beer festivals here and there too, so that was pretty good. But other than that, now I'm just I'm just drinking the Black Crown tonight. Uh, I actually have the homebrew that I did, the Irish Stout, that is sitting waiting to go in the fridge. Uh, the carbonation in this one feels better than my lager batch did. A little bit of difference when I squeeze the bottles. I got those plastic Mr. Beer bottles. And when I squeeze the bottles, there's not as much give. So I feel like the carbonation is doing what it's supposed to be doing and the fermentation should be doing what it's doing too. Uh, with the last batch of lagers I did, it mm, didn't feel like it carbonated enough. So I'm, I'm, I I either let it sit too long or I, I clearly did something wrong with the last one. It, it drank okay. As that as that one guy said, it drank pretty good, but wasn't wasn't anything spectacular. But this one, it's going to be going in the fridge, I believe, on Thursday. I'm trying to keep it on a proper schedule for that. So after that, I want to do another homebrew, but I have no clue what to do. So if anybody has any suggestions and you want to post it in the Facebook group. I'm probably going to do one more batch from a Mr. Beer kit. I may go for one of the more extravagant kits. I know they have, I want to say it's like a chocolate cherry stout. That one, it it scared me off a little bit doing that one as a second brew because it says because of the cherry that's added to the brew, you run the risk of the keg exploding on you which I do not want to happen because that would make a huge mess and I would have to clean it up. Um, but I'm considering that. But if anybody else has an idea or any other kits aside from Mr. Beer that they've seen that may be interesting, that they've been curious about, I could try it out, 
pick it up, do it for my next brew. And then after that, I might actually feel comfortable enough to be more daring, try something more from scratch. And then from there, I can migrate away from the Mr. Beer equipment or even use it in tandem with multiple brews. I know uh, the beer festival I'm going to next month, they're probably going to have a homebrew demonstration. And who knows, maybe I'll pick up some equipment there because they'll they'll have the stuff. I know at the, actually at the last one I was at, they had full kit set up uh, with, you know, the, the big, uh, the big pot and I don't know, kind of, they had all, they had all the shit you needed. So I eventually want to do that, but not quite yet. I figure when the weather starts to cool down a bit, I'll really be in a good position for it because like I said with before with this one, I, I wasn't happy with the temperature in the house. It was sitting around like 80 degrees most days. I don't have central air here. We're running off window AC units. And I was trying to keep the beer in a relatively cool location. It was sitting anywhere between 76 to 80 degrees. 80 degrees is on the high side of that, which is not good. So I'm hoping this brew is okay. I I have, what, like 18 bottles of it. I'm going to drink it regardless, unless it's just completely abhorrent like the uh, rogue peanut butter banana. But I'll see what happens with that. Um and I see Mitch in the chat concurs with me on the black black crown. He says it's not bad. It's not terrible. It I would not I would not call it the best beer I've ever had. Definitely, but for a Budweiser brew, it's surprisingly decent. Uh, even even the ratings that I've seen, for instance, on um, on Untapped, people have said not bad for a non craft beer, and that that's kind of the way I see it. I've had better craft beers all around. For a Budweiser brew, this one's pretty good, along with those, um, fuck, what the hell, uh, it was the, 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 um, the, the, the batch series, uh, the, was it, the Project 12 series, that's what it's called, because of the 12 brewmasters around the country. Jesus. Roy Black on crack in the chat said, he, he's opening some beers that I'm not familiar with whatsoever. Uh, Texel's Skumkop. Later to be followed by a Pawner Hells. I, the Pawner Hells, I think I'm familiar with, but Texel Scum Cop, I am not familiar with at all. I'm going to assume something from either Germany or Belgium. Just a guess on that, considering uh, the multiple vowels and then multiple consonants next to each other. And like I said, I'm many bottles deep right now, so. I may randle, or, yeah, ramble a little bit. Oh, okay. Roy Black on crack lives in Europe, so that makes perfect sense. Ah, uh, he lives in the Netherlands. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So you you have a you have a damn good selection of beer out there. Um, and going going by a story that I am going to, well, actually, I think yeah, it, I, I can cover that now because it's barely even a story, but sort of relevant. I would not be surprised if you see uh, Brooklyn Brewery beers out there. Um, I was surprised when my friend Tommy in Finland, he sent me a picture of shelves of beer at a local liquor store, and he kind of wanted me to look at it and see if there was anything good in there, because he knows that I'm the beer guy. And I went through there. Instantly, I saw a couple beers that had Brooklyn Brewery labels on them. And I was completely shocked, because I'm like, what the fuck is Brooklyn Brewery doing in Finland? 
Well, apparently, it, not Finland, but adjacent Sweden happens to be Brooklyn Brewery's second largest market after Brooklyn itself. So who knew? Um, they're opening a new brewery in Stockholm. It's expected to open by January. And they're going to be uh, manufacturing a new line of beer called New Carnegie. So I have a feeling Brooklyn... Blo- God damn it. See, I'm already bad here. Brooklyn Brewery... I can say brewery fine. I can't say anything else. I have a feeling that with a brewery in Sweden, they're going to expand further into that area of uh, Europe. I mean, you're going to see it more, you know, obviously, in Finland. You're going to see it in the Norwegian countries. So I have a feeling they're going to get a lot more saturation out in that area of the world, and that's going to be huge for them. And let's see. Um, Roy Black on Crack says, A skumkop foam head is a dark wheat beer. So that sounds like something I would like. I, I enjoy a wheat beer as long as it's not too hoppy. And dark beers I enjoy. <laughs> and of course, Mitch is making fun of me. I can say brewery just fine. I just... I. Apparently can't say Brooklyn or anything else. Um, this one is well. It's not even it's not even a local story for me anymore. But more back home, I discovered that a new microbrewery slash bottling facility slash tasting room is going to be in development not too far from where my parents live in Michigan. So whenever I finally come back to visit again, I haven't had a chance to lately. It's something I'm going to want to check out. It's Coonhen Brewing out of Warren, Michigan. They're planning on taking over a long-abandoned garden center. For the locals out there, and I know that I do have a few people in that area that do listen, it was the Evergreen Home and Garden Center on Grossbeck between 15 and 16 Mile, not too far past the White Castle down there that I used to frequent, if I recall correctly. Um... Uh, the bank that foreclosed on the garden center happens to be Coonhen's commercial lender. It's a two million dollar project. They're invested in the area because the family ran a Lutz Hardware and Warren for over thirty years until a big box hardware store. I'm guessing like a Home Depot or something like that. Pretty much drove them out of business, and then they transformed the property into the Coonhen Brewing Company. The new microbrewery, along with a new, and I guess this is a chain out there. I haven't seen it yet. Bad Brad's Barbecue. It supposed to re- revitalize that stretch of road, which has seen more than its share of businesses closed in the past decade. Last time I was out there, that road was it was just a graveyard of abandoned businesses. It's a shame because I, I had hangouts on that road. There was a pool hall I used to go to all the time. Gone. Just restaurants. Gone. It's a damn shame out there. I mean, I know Michigan's feeling the economy crunch better. Or, yeah, better. Not better. Worse than other places, but... Mm. Uh, it's expected to be in operation in January. If you want to check out this brewery, it, they're at kbrewery.com. I actually want to visit them now because I was looking at their uh, collection of seasonals. Uh, let's see here. There are some interesting ones. Breakfast sausage ale. I would gather they're trying to go for a smokiness with that one. They have a wild blueberry pancake ale. Going for the fruitiness with that one. B-Rad's Banana Stout. I've never thought of a banana stout, but that would have to be a good one. And uh, back to the chat, uh, Mitch is, well, first of all, he's calling me a shithead, which uh, is fine. I can accept that. And he's asking if I picked out a beer that I wanted to trade with him. Damn it. You know what? Okay. I still have to really go through that 
site that Cornax gave me, and I'm okay. You know, what? promise to you on the air, hand to God, all that shit, whatever you know, whatever you believe in. Um, I'm gonna take that list with me of what breweries, um, I have here in Jersey, or what distribute to Jersey, or what do not distribute to Minnesota. I'm gonna go to my local store that does the pick a six pack, and I'm gonna do the whole six pack thing. And because uh, I, like I said, I pretty much know what beers you go for. I know you're you like the oatmeal stouts. Um, yeah, I mean for the most part, I can I can figure out what kind of beers you like. I I know you're basically more into the stout kind of stuff. So I have not picked out a beer yet, but I I will definitely do so this weekend. 100% promise to do so this weekend. Even though even though I am working on Saturday. Um I will do it on my way back from work. I should be out of work by 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I will get a whole six pack, hopefully of different things. If not totally different things, it'll be a good six pack of all one thing that I'm going to send to you, and I will get those things out to you. And if um, I don't know if, if if any uh like UPS or FedEx or anybody's listening, this is all alleged, you know, all theoretical. You know, we're we're just you know we're just talking out of our asses here, but I am figuring that out this weekend. Uh, my. My schedule's been shit. I've been off from work for the past two days. And let's see. This weekend, I was stuck with video work, stuck with video work. And then the solid state drive, which also happened to be the fucking boot drive for my laptop, decided to crap out on me. So my laptop died on me, and I was waiting for that, and the drive finally uh, came from Amazon today, so I've been dealing with reinstalling Windows and all that, get my drivers going, and it's not even close to up to speed, so I've been doing editing on my desktop with everybody screaming and barking and whatever upstairs. Before that, I had been doing my editing at Starbucks because I could get some peace and quiet there. See, this is a rant segment here. Um... And I was also going to do some work on my work laptop. I was going to capture some uh, PowerPoint just specifics that I needed for um, a video that I'm doing, a training video for a college. And then I got hit with a wonderful fucking bug that they had not found in testing. See, I got this new laptop on Monday. And apparently they had a problem with the encryption software that they used on all the laptops. And the first time I'd actually shut it down all week, I just put it into sleep mode normally. And the first time I'd actually booted it cold, it gave me an error that I needed to answer a challenge question or something like that. The workstation was locked, blah, 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 blah. So I couldn't even fucking get into that and I have to take that into the computer center tomorrow and have them fix I have had no end of technology problems see with me and see this again this falls into the stuff part of uh, the alcohol by volume logo if you guys look at that see it says beer booze and stuff this is stuff on Thursday the wireless adapter for my desktop which I run the show off of Decide to crap out on me. I had had that for maybe about two years. 
shit the bed on me. Wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, old Belkin USB thing. Ordered a new one from Amazon for 20 bucks. Seems to be working. Haven't disconnected yet, so I'm good. Knock on wood. Um, so that was the first one. Then the solid state drive goes. That's number two. This shit always happens in threes. Yesterday I had a problem with, and for those that deal with like media center PCs and stuff, I had a, was having a problem with my XBMC box. And the video wasn't coming up on it. It wasn't reading the drives. And I thought, oh shit, this is number three. Thankfully, that was not the case. I will count number three as being the encryption problem with my work laptop because nothing else has popped up yet. And hopefully nothing else does. So I'm I'm done bitching about that. Uh, Mitch is trying to sell me a MacBook Pro 15-inch screen's cracked, case is dented, and the motherboard is dead. What the hell did you do to it, dude? Wow. You run over it with a truck? And he's selling it for a low, low price of 900 <laughs> Hammy might buy it from you. <sighs> oh, yeah, you know what? One more bit of stuff that uh, I have in my room here as I drip beer onto my leg. I was, um, I was in the mall this weekend, and my wife wanted to go into Yankee Candle, which is fine. I don't mind candles. You know, candles are cool. You get nice scents from them. We don't even burn them. We melt them. We've got like a uh, um, one of those wax warmers that you can put the wax into so you don't have to burn a candle, worry about you know setting shit on fire and everything. But I found one of those man candles. And for anybody that listens to the It's All About Me podcast with Holland in Seattle and Rorschach, I know he actually did reviews for these. One of the candles I was able to pick up was the mm, bacon candle, and I have that melting at the moment, and my entire studio here right now smells like sweet, delicious bacon. And for some, my wife said it smelled like soy sauce, and I guess bacon's very salty, so that makes sense, but it's actually quite nice, quite quite manly, I suppose. I'm not going to go so far as to name this a man cave, though. That might be a little weird. Um, oh, okay. So Mitch killed the MacBook by slipping on the ice in February. He's pretty sure he still has bone fragments floating around his shoulder, and he would know for sure if he had insurance. See, fucking Obamacare, fucking Obamacare. Ah, oh. uh, I know about slipping on ice. I've, I, we have a very steep driveway that goes down. Pretty much into a four-lane highway, and a couple of years ago, completely covered in ice, I started slipping, dropped my knees, and continued slipping almost down into the highway, if not for a light post that saved me. I gripped onto it for dear life when my wife laughed her ass off. So that kind of tells you the kind of relationship I have there. I guess I should probably get back into the beer stuff here. You know, and since since we're talking about Mitch, I'll go to a uh, little Minnesota thing here. And I always like Minnesota beer stories because they're relevant to Mitch. Well, Minnesota law cancels beer tasting at Deer River Brew Fest. Let me uh, cue up this video here because I think they'll explain it a little bit better than I can right now. 
An annual festival in Deer River will be without one of its main attractions this year. It's a barbecue and brew fest, but people won't be able to try out the homemade hops. Our reporter Lori Stribling tells us why. Process starts with the recipe. David Owens has been brewing his own beer for five years now. Okay, I see. I love these Minnesota news stories because you get the accents. The accents are great. <laughs> you know, for you know, years now, years now. Timer on there, so I. Oh, just watch Fargo, and you get the idea. You can control all the pumps, and. But this year, his homemade creations won't make it out of these kegs and into your glass. Oh, the kegs. Yeah, they won't make it out of the kegs. Sorry, I'll, I'll continue. We're very excited about this year until about a week and a half ago. Deer River's fourth annual barbecue and brew fest will not have beer tasting. It boils down to a, a law that's been around for a while, but um, no one really knew about it or interpreted it. The legislation prevents home brews from being shared with the public at the city-sponsored event. And organizer Wayne Roskis says the bad news started brewing while finalizing permits. Ugh. God damn it. Why do at least the audio quality with this broadcast is consistent, but oh, the fucking bad puns. They just they can't get one newscast perfect the way it used to be. Okay, like I said, broadcast quality's fine. Leave out the goddamn puns. God damn it. Ugh. So this year it's going to be a little different, and we're, you know, we're, again, we're challenged by it, but we'll get past it. They may even do some lobbying this Saturday in hopes of making next year full of hops. If we need to take it to the state level, we would get the ball rolling now, which we've already done. And I know our Facebook page is lit up like a Christmas tree oh because my God. of it. In the meantime, brewers like Owens will just focus on their craft. Homebrew has a lot more flavor. Um, when you make it yourself, you can make it ex- how you like it. And he won't let a little controversy affect his coldies. Uh, that was a big bummer. Um, oh, but yeah, as big bummer. homebrewers, we have some ingenuity and, and we will push through that. Now, the festival will still include homemade beer judging. There will also be a professional vendor selling beers and lots of barbecue, too. For more information on the event, just head to. Okay, yeah, we don't need to know about that. Uh, because this was back uh, posted back on the 6th. As Mitch says in the chat, okay, these weirdos live way in the north. That's why they have these silly accents. Okay, I, I was wondering, because I know, again, Mitch lives in Minnesota, but he does not have that goddamn goofy accent. And it, it's got to be the proximity to Canada that, that brings that out. I know people used to say, when, when I first moved to Jersey, I've been here for almost 14 years now, but I grew up pretty much just outside of Ontario in Michigan and people picked up on little things that I said that had just that slight bit of sounds like a Canadian and I I, I think Minnesota has that themselves oh Marianne's in the chat and says Mitch is just goofy I don't know I I think Mitch is a pretty loyal listener so I'm not I'm not going to give him shit I think Mitch is probably my most loyal listener which I don't know what that says, but but yeah, Mitch Mitch sounds normal. Mitch is in Minnesota and sounds normal, so he's obviously not in that Canadian proximity. God damn it! Oh, see, I just opened another beer. What do I have left in my bucket? One, two. So that means I have drank 
three black crowns already, and that um, whatever the Y Heinstefan was that I've already forgotten what it was. God damn it. <sighs> and figure, I actually did show prep today. Bust my ass yesterday because I was thinking about not doing a show. I was thinking about just letting last week's rerun because I have so much work to do. But I love my listeners and I want to provide you with fresh content every week, even if it's shit content, apparently. Mm. But I appreciate you listening nonetheless. Um, okay, let's see about this one. Ooh, excuse me. Okay, this is what the Budweiser's do to me. God damn it. Brewpub introduces new high-protein chicken-flavored beer for dogs. Yeah. Okay. So, there's no carbonation to that. I say, what the fuck? There's no alcohol. A double what the fuck to that. And no hops. Okay, that I kind of get because I know at least like pure like raw hops can be toxic for dogs. I don't know how that factors in with beer because you see people give beer to their dogs all the time. Uh, So I guess it's watered down to such a respect that it does not affect the dog. But anyway, it's made from beer or chicken broth and malt barley. It's essentially liquid dog food at a premium price tag for fifteen ninety nine for a six pack. I mean, that's that's more expensive than pretty much ninety percent of the craft beers that I've gotten. Now, I have a dog. I love my dog, but fucking why? It it's it's just another one of those gourmet kind of things. I mean, in your supermarket, you've probably seen some of the gourmet dog foods in the freezer cooler that, you know, the, you know, it's supposedly fresh meat and all that kind of shit. And honestly, it's probably really the same old shit that they're getting otherwise. But this is just liquid form of it. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 if if beer is okay for a dog, give him beer. You know, but this is that gourmet kind of thing. It really, in the article that I read, somebody had a great description of it. That it's beer, but without all the fun things that beer has. You don't have the carbonation. You ever drink a flat beer? It tastes like shit. It's not good. No alcohol. What's the point? Now, no hops. Well, eh. You know, I, I'm not a hoppy person, so whatever. But it, it, it just does not seem, I don't know. It, se- it seems like they're calling it beer just to market it. One of those kind of things. Uh, and then one, one more of the uh, little, little, little news story-ish kind of things. And this could actually become a bigger thing. I don't know. I don't know the impact of it yet. But Miller Coors employees in Milwaukee, at their Milwaukee brewery, they're currently picketing during a labor dispute. There may be a strike looming for them. There hasn't been a work stoppage for Miller Coors in, I think it's like 30 years, something like that. I want to say 1983. 
it'll probably push the bulk of the brewing back into their Golden Colorado brewery. And I suspect that the um, the Line and Kugel Brewery that's in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, I think, um, they might pick up some of the slack for them. We're going to know by midnight tonight if they'll be striking. How much that will affect Miller Coors, I don't know. Like I said, three main breweries in, in the U.S. in Milwaukee, Golden, Colorado, and then uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. And that's the Line and Kugel one. So we'll see what happens with that. It could be an opportunity for craft brewers to you know, gain a little bit further of a foothold. I seem to remember a while back, um, I, I, I want to say it was when I was talking Canadian beer. So one of the early shows when I actually had a theme going on. Um, that craft brewing was able to kind of gain more of a foothold in Canada when... I want to say there there was a strike at like Molson or Labatt or something like that. And because those beers weren't going out, the craft brewers were able to kind of get into the scene better. I I didn't have time to really go back and do my due diligence and research and make sure I wasn't talking on my ass with it. But you could potentially see a situation like that at least in that general area. But again, they have two other breweries to take care of the load. I don't think Miller Coors is going to have problems, really. But we'll see what happens with that. So, um, with that, let's see here. Let me close that one out because I don't need that one anymore. Don't need that window anymore. Don't need that window anymore. So, the newest story that I've been seeing popping up everywhere is that apparently Walmart wants to get into the beer market. Now, the reason that is significant, well, obviously, you know, Walmart is a big company. They're fucking everywhere. And when a Walmart comes into an area, they dominate. Simple as that. If they get into selling beer, they will most likely be successful with it. Now, the thing with that is, for decades, Walmart and Sam's Club, they've limited and even banned beer promotion within their stores. And it goes back to Sam Walton not being a fan of beer and alcohol. He just, he did not, he did not understand or enjoy drinking in excess. Guy was kind of a party pooper, from from what I can see. Um, so... Ultimately, you look at it, their loss, for now, it's been Costco's gain. Costco has had no problem selling beer, whereas Walmart and Sam's Club have not, you know, been doing it at all. Uh, As for the other big box club, BJ's, I don't know. Again, in Jersey, I have no idea. I'm completely out of the loop with beer sales in retail stores like that. I don't know. I would assume that... In other states, BJ's will do that, but I don't know how far BJ's um, reach is, too. I don't know you know, how far they are across the country. But anyway, company officials, they reached out to beer distributors, making it known they wanted to make a major push into beer sales. It becomes a potentially big volume thing for the, the distributors. I mean, if, if you were a beer distributor, 
big beer or craft and Walmart came to you and said, we want to put your beer on our shelves, would you turn them down? Hell no. For a craft brewer, that is a big, big deal. Liquor stores are specialized. People that are already, they know what they're looking for. They know, let me kind of backtrack on that. If you go to a liquor store and you're a beer drinker, you're either, you know, just picking up the case of Budweiser or whatever, or you're a craft beer drinker and you're perusing the different selections. Now, if you're in Walmart and you're a beer drinker, maybe you're just a Budweiser or a Coors Light or whatever kind of drinker, you go into that aisle and you suddenly start seeing the craft beers and all that stuff expands your horizons and all that. It, it, it opens it up to a completely different audience that may not have been exposed to it before. So anyway... God damn it. Okay, now I have two crutches. I have uh and so anyway. You got you people got to call me out on this and make a drinking game for the show. Seriously. <sighs> I'm not going to say it. Not going to say it. Not going to say it. Like I said, that's another crutch. <sighs> Potentially big volumes for the distributors, but not just the low price beers either. Not your... Budweiser, Keystone, all that stuff. Craft beer has been a focus of Walmart with this, so I wasn't just talking out of my ass there. They're, they're trying to pick up craft brewers with that. Distributors have been getting huge orders. The company strategy has prices dropping on 50 different alcoholic beverages, and it's led to major sales increases in areas like Washington and Oregon, which are pretty beer-centric places, particularly Oregon, Oregon, was it? Um, I think Stone Brewing is there. So you get that kind of idea there. Um, let's see. I see. Oh, okay. I figured that was Sherry in the chat there. She says she just got home and told Mitch she went to Costco. He then asked if I went into the liquor store. I said yes, but I told him they didn't have Guinness at uh, 24 pack for $25. And he hit me. Oh, Mitch! Then again. Yeah. Well, what, what what was the price of the Guinness? I don't know. Not not endorsing spousal abuse, but you know, and you know, sp- I, I I say, say spouse loose. God damn it! This is what happens when I drink. This is what happens when I drink. I become unfocused and just all over the place. Let me get back to the article here. Ah. Uh, Okay, Walmart's move, it follows pharmacies like Dwayne Reed in New York City, which I was not aware of this because I have not been in New York in a while. They're starting to sell beer at competitive prices to compete with the bodegas in the city. Walmart has even successfully sidestepped bans on alcohol discounts in parts of the Midwest by handing out gift cards. So the beer companies pay for these. Customers might buy a certain beer... And they'll also buy, say, I don't know, lawn chairs, tiki torches, anything that you might have, excuse me, might have for an outdoor party, something like that. You pair that, you get a gift card for it, you know, summer backyard items, and you're able to sidestep those 
discount problems. So Walmart's making that push. It doesn't affect me at all, again, in New Jersey because of our ridiculous liquor laws, but that's the way it goes with that. Um, let's see here. You know what? Let me let me go into this really quick. Uh, actually, let me let me bring this up really quick because, like I said, I've been drinking like a fish today, and I oh, I don't want that there. Jesus, I stupidly, stupidly, stupidly did not take a piss break before the show. So I'm going to take a really, 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 hopefully, brief piss break here. I will be right back. This is the spot! The Decepticons are using the dam below to stockpile Energon cubes! Megatron must be stopped! Autobots, transform and roll... Hold on a second. Are you okay? Let's get him! I shot the hell out of that guy! Good job, everyone. Megatron was defeated with only 50 humans killed in the crossfire. A new record! Hey, Prowl! Have you noticed how often Prime needs to drain the lizard nowadays? Yeah, he must be French because he's a peon. <laughs> I think that joke goes European. <laughs> but I'm not. Ugh, such a retardicon. And that's just one of the perils of doing a beer-related show solo. Uh, I mean, I, I look at some of the other shows in the network, I mean... Like the the one that comes to mind most is uh, Ashley with Antisocial Gamer Radio, which was on earlier today, I believe, uh, three Eastern time. And well, considering that he's not you know downing beers throughout the show, he does not find that he has to you know rush to the bathroom at a moment's notice. With me, I keep drinking beer, keep drinking beer, keep drinking beer, and you know I I, I have enough ADD going on in the first place, and. Ugh, that that the need to piss will distract me even further. So I apologize for the sometimes piss breaks. I, I think in recent shows I've actually been pretty good with it and haven't had to deal with it at all. This time, though, just it it, it was necessary. It was totally necessary. Um. <laughs> oh God! Back to the chat here. Let's see here. Um. Oh. They did not have Guinness at all at Costco. Well, fuck Costco. Ugh. Mitch says she came home empty-handed, but Sherry says she came home with two 96-count boxes of tampons. So, uh, well, with that, I would think Mitch would definitely need the beer, so. <sighs> White-ass Brent says, just pissed in the sink. I find it's faster. You know what? If I had a sink right next to me, believe me, there was a period early, early, early in the show where I was considering just having a bucket next to me to piss into during the show, and none of you would be the wiser, and I just figured it was kind of disgusting, and I ended up just putting my drinks in the the bucket. 
So I do have a second bucket, so maybe I'll maybe I'll start doing that and I'll just start collecting piss in there. See what happens. I'll start Instagramming photos of my bucket piss. Um let's see what else is going on in the chat here. Yeah, Roy Black on Crack also says have a bottle within reach. You know what? I've tried the I've tried the piss in a bottle method. And my problem is, okay, I started with oh, I started trying with the piss in the car into a venti Starbucks cup method and I fill up the venti cup before I'm done. That is a bit of a problem. Especially when you're parked on a busy street and can't just hang the rest out the door. Um, so you have to pinch it off. That That's basically what it comes down to. You have to pinch it off and then dump the cup and then hope that you have not given yourself some sort of horrid bladder disorder and then finish in the cup. Uh... Maybe what you know what maybe what I need is one of those wide mouth and I'm not I'm not um, not trying to give myself any delusions of grandeur here in terms of cock size as I see uh, cousin Joe show jump on Skype now, um, but it'd be easier to do it one of those one liter bottles of Mountain Dew maybe oh okay Mitch has Mitch has the solution Gatorade bottles perfect. Okay, Mitch, I am buying a Gatorade bottle, large Gatorade bottle, for next show. I just got to make sure the Gatorade bottle is larger than a uh, Starbucks venti, and I'm good. I figure if it's like a venti and a half, I'm set. For some reason, I just piss huge amounts. I, I, could, de- I could dedicate an entire show on drunk pissing. I don't know if that would be appropriate, but... It it is it is one of those things that I've always dealt with. Um, oh, M- M- Mitch has Mitch has some uh, some advice. If you know what you're doing, you can piss into regular water bottles. I used to do it while I was driving in Iraq, and or um, I used to do it while driving in Iraq. Yes, while I was driving, and that that is pretty impressive. I mean, I think of all the times, and not not even not even from drinking booze, but from drinking massive amounts of coffee, water, whatever. I mean, I I drink insane amounts of water during the day when I work, so I'm constantly off to the pisser. But, for instance, let's see, when I, uh, back last year when I was hanging out with Dutch and Hammy at Thatcher McGee's, locals will know that place, I had to stop in a Pathmark parking lot to piss. I I didn't even I didn't even try and go for any kind of container. I just opened the door and pissed. I I didn't give a shit about security cameras at that point. Uh, I was on the way to a shoot one time and I showed up way too early and had to stop next to a dumpster with my car to piss. And then suddenly people walked by, so I had to kind of pinch it off, wait till they walked by, and stop. And then they were done, and I continued pissing. And Marianne posted uh, something in the chat that I apparently need one of. Is that one of the uh, urine sample, like kind of like the big urine sample things for hospitals? Because that could be handy as well. But a Gatorade bottle might be a little less embarrassing in my uh, studio here. Um, I'm I'm getting a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> 
this week. That that way I don't have to subject you to breaks anymore. You might just hear a little bit of the noise of running water and then I'll just, you know, dump it during breaks. Um Wow, how did I how did I well, obviously I knew how I got into this. Um Ah, yeah, Marianne says they use them for bedridden gentlemen. And if you're not in the chat, you would, you know, you should get in the chat and see this. More like radio.com slash live. Mitch says the piss bottles make fun explosions on the road when you throw them out the window. Fuck, it, it, what, what, what is that called? Like trucker bombs or something like that? I, I know, th- I remember reading stuff about that where, you know, truckers will do it into glass jars and just toss them out the window. And you find all these glass jars full of piss out on the side of the road. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm all about the Gatorade bottle. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Mitch confirms trucker bombs. I figure the Gatorade bottle is a good idea because unlike, for say, like a bucket, a bucket, I'm going to get splashed back. I'm going to piss all over myself. That's no fun. Gatorade bottle, as long as it's big, it'll hold what I need it to and again, no delusions of grandeur. I'm not, you know, sporting a huge cock or anything like that. But the wide mouth and Gatorade bottle makes it handy. You don't have to. You don't have to aim as hard. You know, if you do just like a regular, you know, say like a Mountain Dew bottle, and you know, it's one of the regular one liter Mountain Dew bottles. It's not that wide a mouth. You, you gotta still aim a bit there, and that that'll throw off my broadcast a little bit. Well, more more than it normally is thrown off, I suppose. Um, okay, so before I had the piss break, I was um, talking about Walmart, talking about Walmart getting into beer. And there was a follow-up article with this, with seven tricks Walmart is using to make you buy more beer. So they're starting to put the beer on the shelves, and now they're trying to weasel you into getting more beer. Um... First of all, let me make sure I have that up there. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I've been reconfiguring everything on my computer. So I want to make sure I have stuff properly done here. Okay. Anyway. Um, Walmart hosted 500 representatives from the alcohol industry at Sam's Club Auditorium in Arkansas for a little adult beverage get-together last September. At the summit, company executives proved to alcohol buyers how serious they were about increasing Walmart share in the beer market, and they intend to double their adult beverage sales by 2016. So, this adult beverage summit, they're trying to work with that. Then there's the discounts. I mentioned with the gift cards, for instance, with pairing it with certain items, so you get into that. Um, why am I getting a, a connection status 503? Uh, fucking chat. Um, so let's see, uh, Walmart is the discount king, proves it again with beer discounts, especially with those brands that are selling well. Obviously you get your big beer, Molson, uh, Coors Brewing Company, Anheuser-Busch, um, and then they add in a craft beer here, Deschutes, out of, I think, uh, Oregon, right? Deschutes is in Oregon. Try to keep everything straight with that. So they're trying to undercut other locations on prices of the beer. You'll even find these beer offerings front and center in Walmart stores. 
And they say, don't worry, other slow-selling products won't get in your way to the gold because the retail company has already abandoned those bummers to make way for the good stuff. So they're they're doing analysis there to see what sells, what doesn't, and getting the good shit out in front. Whether that means they're still pushing the craft to the front, it depends. If the craft is selling well, they're going to keep it out there. Uh, Number three on this list, hard work pays off. Uh, Major beer distributors or suppliers such as Columbia Distributing are now paying more attention to the retail giant as it recognizes the success that Walmart has had in the industry. Columbia Distributing now supplies about 90 Walmart stores in Washington and Oregon. Again, I said those are kind of beer meccas, so it's not a surprise that they're getting good distribution there. Um, according to its vice president of chain accounts, Steve Bailey, it recognizes a beer gold mine when it sees it. Bailey explains to the, to the distributor, or I'm sorry, Bailey explains that the distributor is seeing dramatic increases in sales and that has pushed us to pay more attention to Walmart. So the stuff is selling in those areas. Now, whether it would sell well in other areas, don't know. And again, it completely irrelevant to me locally, but I'm still interested in this because it helps beer drinkers. I'm not going to see beer in my Walmart until there's some kind of legislation that fixes the fucked up beer laws here. But for the rest of you that are listening in states that are not New Jersey, you can reap the benefits from this. So number four on this list, apparently it's still kind of a secret that Walmart's selling beer. Um, founder Sam Walton always been vocal about his distaste for the business of drinking excessively. And Walmart has always kind of kept with his wishes and not really advertised their beer. And even now, when they're really kind of pushing the beer sales, they're still not heavily advertising it. So you haven't seen Walmart commercials advertising their beer offerings, and it's probably going to stay that way. So it remains one of those best-kept secrets. Walmart has enough customers coming in there. They don't need to advertise that stuff. I mean, they can advertise the other products, and the beer becomes a secondary kind of thing. You know, you go there for your ibuprofen. You go there for your tortilla chips. You go there for your Nintendo 3DS games. When you're, you know, shopping through, you see, oh, beer aisle. Oh, well, let's check, you know, take a look at this. So, this article even says many of the retails, retailers, investors, and analysts don't even know about the adult beverage strategy with this. And that could be a plus in Walmart's column because it keeps other businesses in the dark on it, if that makes sense. Um, the, Walmart's pushing the beer sector, but they're not pushing it publicly. And, you know, Walmart's going to sell no matter what. And no matter what your views are on it, whether, you know, they're they're pushing the mom and pop stores out and whatnot, part of me says, shit, that sucks that the locally owned businesses suffer because of the Walmart coming into town. Yeah, Walmart started as a locally owned business and just kind of expanded. But I go to Walmart at least once a week for whatever, you know, who knows what I need. And you know, it, it's just one of those things. So, uh, let's see here. 
Mitch says, it doesn't matter if you have an elephant cock. All you have to put in is the urethra. I know. Well, you know, I, I can aim the fucking piss hole into the bottle, but that's more of a hassle. Just let me throw my cock in there and, you know, piss that way. I don't care if piss splashes back onto my cock and, you know, take a shower anyway. Why the fuck am I still talking about this? I don't know. Uh, number six, bye bye Benton Ban. Well, it, Walmart is based out of Benton, was that Arkansas, I think? And the two Walton grandsons, they successfully reversed a ban in the county that's home to the Walmart headquarters. It was an alcohol ban. I, yeah, it was a uh, retail alcohol sales ban. So, um, I, I'm guessing that it was, you can't sell in, you know, Walmart, Kmart, Target, whatever. Liquor stores, I would gather, were exempt from that. Uh, promotions of alcohol can be found in the company's circulars. So, starting to, you know, move on with that. So, their approach to alcohol, as they say, is in transition. It's a quiet one. They're not promoting it heavily, but it's still there. And then they'll... Let's, wow. They 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 really they really did good with this list because that was number six and this next one is number six good good job WallStreetCheatSheet.com. Uh, the last one on this list is overcoming regulations. Uh, although Walmart was successful in its home district with the ban overturned, the company continues to face pushback from many other states that have regulations prohibiting the retailer from discounting its alcohol. Uh, and that gets into the whole gift cards with pairing things up. Another example they have here, uh, certain Walmart stores, they use summer as an excuse to promote Bud Light's Limerita and Strawberry Rita with uh, chips, nuts, other seasonal offerings. And because legally they can be classified as cross-promotional offerings, customers can have up to $10 in gift cards from them. So it's a way of sidestepping it. Now, that says nothing of the, like legislation in, again, states like New Jersey. I get to be unique with that where we will not have beer in Walmart. We will not have beer in Target. We will not have beer in Costco or Sam's Club. We are stuck with the liquor stores. Uh, admittedly, that's fine with me. I would love to be able to pick up beer from Walmart, but that's the way it is. Um... So, yeah, Walmart is pushing into the beer business. And, like I said, and... Goddamn motherfucking verbal crutches. Goddamn... Okay. Uh, Walmarts are all around the country. It's making things accessible. It's making craft beers more accessible. I would gather that they're... Focusing more on locally available craft beers. You have their Washington, Oregon uh, selection, like they mentioned in the article. That will end up with like Deschutes, Stone, stuff like that. If Jersey changed the law, you'd probably see like New Jersey Brewing Company. You'd see uh, Gardens, um, uh, Cricket Hill Brewing Company, stuff like that. And it's good for the craft brewers. And obviously it's good for Walmart's bottom line because they're going to sell a shitload of it because people want their beer. People go to Walmart. People that go to Walmart probably need beer more than others. So you kind of get that idea there. 
with that, I'm going to head into the break. Got a few news stories that I picked up. Uh, last, I believe it was last week, I was talking about how the U.S. Postal Service is considering allowing alcohol delivery, specialized packages and everything for it. And of course, merchants are complaining about it. You know, not surprised. Another article about why Americans don't make, quote, lambics. There's a reason I put quotes there. Anheuser-Busch ripping off Flying Dogs marketing. Fox buying rights to a sitcom based on Dogfish Head Brewing, which actually sounds like it could be interesting based on what they're doing with it. And one that I found particularly interesting, I, I really, really want to get to that, but I may hold that off to next week. Why Brooklyn Brewery's brewmaster Garrett Oliver doesn't read beer reviews. It's a video clip. It's going to run for maybe about four minutes, so I might be able to take a piss break during it. But it's actually very worthwhile hearing what he has to say. I found it, I actually found it genuinely interesting. I sat there listening to it. And then, of course, the new beer releases and reveals. I got a few uh, Firestone Walker and some stuff from Abita. So, with that, I'm going to hit the break, and I will be back very shortly here on Alcohol by Volume on morelikeradio.com. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! It's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey! Like radio! Uh, now, I'm, now I'm realizing that this is all going to be on fucking podcast. Oh, boy. I told yeah, you. We were try- I was trying to warn you the whole time. Dude, I don't care. I'm voluntarily Skyping into you. Use us to make a promo. I don't care. No. Mm-hmm. Dude, like I said, my fiance doesn't listen. Dutch got drunk one night. Well, he gets drunk every night. But he got drunk one night, and I used it as a promo. Why not? Use this into a promo. I, I give everyone permission to turn this audio into a promo. I don't he, care. He also used drunk me for a promo, too. You remember? No, I, I, yeah. Punch JJ, it. you play it every week. I do. Folks at home, radio gold like this happens every Sunday and Thursday at midnight on 360 on 420. Only on morelikeradio.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual... We can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DEAL48 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code DEAL48 at adamandeve.com. Join Marianne and Kitty 
on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours, damn right, it's better than yours, I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. The credibility that they are using as a bouncer at a Colombian strip club. Credibility. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's hilarious! Let's say it three more times. (laughs) 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 Oh god, to save you! Gotta save my soul! Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Hey, man, when you need to look your finest, what do you do? Well, I grab my favorite T-shirt, of course. You know, I just knew you were going to say that, and I was going to ask, have you ever checked out T-Fury? I think so. That's the website with the new T-shirt every day, right? That's the one. At tfury.com, there's a brand new T-shirt design every day, and each one lasts for only 24 hours, then it's gone forever. So it's tea today, gone tomorrow? Exactly. That's a lot of T-shirts. Where do they all come from? Well, each design is submitted by a freelance artist, so no two are exactly alike. And the best part? All these tees feature nothing but nerd references. Whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, cartoons, comics, or culture, they're all awesome. And get this, each tee is just 11 bucks. Dude, it looks like I need to update my wardrobe. What's that website again? Just use tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. That's tinyurl.com slash MLRTEES. Each limited edition tee lasts for only 24 hours, so Get over there before time runs out. Check out today's T-Fury design right now at tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. Hey everyone, it's Sean from the Hippo Juice Show. When I'm looking for all the latest gossip pre-teen boys talk about, I listen to Mark Out Radio Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on morelikeradio.com. Now here's your Mark Out Radio moment of the week. Listen, the match is already boring. When a match is boring, it's the announcer's job to assign it excitement. That's what you're there to do. If you don't believe me, go ask Joey Styles. Go ask Tony Schiavone. Go ask JR. If the match sucks, it is your job as the announcer to help put it over. Yes, the fans in the audience will not be privy to that. But the 4.8 million viewers at home are! Jesus Christ! Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, you need to be replaced. You're too comfortable and you suck at your jobs. Granted, you don't suck as much as the NXT announcers from this week, but you suck at your jobs. Mark Out Radio with Big T and Dark Fox. Hi, I'm Kenny from Lust and Love, where we like to talk about everyday topics. Everyone was getting shit-faced and they were stroking my dickhead. <laughs> my fucking vagina is swollen, okay? I think my favorite place is the anus. Of course I'd pop that pussy. <laughs> she said she had her ass cheeks spread out. And uh, she was, uh, you know, putting the wax on it. And as soon as she went to go pull the wax off, she went... Listen to us live Mondays from 10 to midnight on morelikevideo.com. Punto com.
Steve, do you think you could see uh, this line here? This, hey. this line here. OSW Review, an old school wrestling podcast that won't kidnap you and kill you. Just, uh, just em- emphasize won't, so it okay. makes it sound like a competition will kill you. OSW Review, an old school wrestling podcast that won't kidnap and kill you. And you're listening to More Like Radio. <laughs> <laughs> MoreLikeRadio.com Because mean people need to laugh too. I ever tell you about my Star Trek script? Star Trek script? Yeah, I gotta write it down is all. The Enterprise is five parsecs out of Rigel 12. Nothing's going on, neutral zone is quiet, the crew is bored, so they put on a pie-eating contest. The whole crew's in the galley. They're eating Tullaberry pies. Tullaberry? Tullaberries. From Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. That's Voyager, dude. Okay, blueberries then. They're eating blueberry pies Better. as fast as the replicator can turn them out. Finally, it's down to just three. Kirk, Spock, and Chekhov. Okay, Spock always wins these things. How is Spock going to beat Kirk, yo? Spock's like a toothbrush. Look at Kirk. He's got room to spare. Spock has total Vulcan control over his digestion. You want to hear this or not? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay, finally, Kirk. He can't take it anymore. He yorks. Now it's just down to Chekhov and Spock. But Chekhov, you see... He's got a whole fat stack of quatloos riding on this. And he has figured out a way to win. He's got Scotty back in the transporter room, locked in on Chekhov's stomach. Every time Chekhov eats a pie, Scotty beams it right out of him. Where is he sending him? The toilet? Space! Oh, there's blueberries just floating out there, frozen because it's in space. And Chekhov is just shoveling them into his mouth. And, and Spock's like, I can't believe this Russian is defeating me. Meanwhile, Scotty's in the transporter room fiddling with levers when Lieutenant O'Hara comes in. And she's got, you know, her big pointies. And Scotty's fingers are all sweaty. No! Chekhov screams. He sprays blood out of his mouth. Oh. Scotty beamed his guts into space. No way! <laughs> Once the sleeper uh, hit, I realized, oh shit, I should probably go piss. And I did that, so I'm good. Uh, crank my levels a little bit here, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I am a radio professional, and you guys all know that, right? So let's see, what, what, did, I, what did I tease before the break? Um, merchants criticizing... The Postal Service's alcohol delivery idea. Um, well, I apparently closed that article, which is fine. That's fine. I'll kind of, you know, wing it. Um, so experts, they said, quote, the reality is that many craft brewers simply won't have the money or staffing to devote to mail order beer. So while the opportunity is there, the resources might not be available. Most wineries might have the same issue. If you didn't listen last week, 
what it comes down to is that the Postmaster General for the U.S. Postal Service, and we all know the Postal Service is facing major budget shortfalls. They're losing billions, and they're trying to find more sources of revenue. And FedEx and UPS and I, I would assume DHL, they can legally ship alcohol. Of course, people legally need to have licenses to do so, things like that. Um, it, people do it anyway. I mean, it, it. you see the beer trade subreddit on Reddit and people will ship things labeling them as yeast samples. As long as you wrap stuff up properly, wrap each bottle individually, make sure it's a box within a box, things like that, you're not going to have problems. But anyway, the Postal Service, they have proposed, provided Congress, fucking Congress, approves this, the ability to ship alcohol, and I don't know how the licensing will go, it'll probably still go by state law, so it's not going to affect me whatsoever because... Jersey sucks, but, you know, ignore the Jersey beer transit laws for the sake of this argument. Um, They're thinking about creating specific boxes that will hold bottles securely. I mean, think like a six-pack within a box format, something like that. So anyway, like I said, the... God damn it, fucking verbal crutches. One of these days... One of these days I will confront my verbal crutches in therapy and get them out of my goddamn mouth. They're trying to say that craft brewers won't have the money or staffing to do this. And to that I say, you know what? If they don't have the capability, then don't do it. They're not forced to do it. If they're able to do it, then they can ship stuff out. They're not being forced to do it. If you can do it, offer it on your website. If not, don't. It's not a big deal. It's it, People aren't going to email you and say, I want to buy this, this, this. They're not going to do that all the time if you're not offering it on your website. Simple as that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not emailing Russian River, for instance, and saying, well, you know what? I want to buy this, this, and this. Send it to me, please. It doesn't work like that. The idea with this, in my opinion, is from people, for instance, visiting out of state. If you have people visiting out of state, oh, excuse me, with the TSA laws now, obviously you're not going to be able to bring the beer on the plane. You get that beer in your luggage, you get through the security checkpoint, they're going to say, you can't bring that with you, you're going to want to chug it right there, or dump it. I mean, you're not going to want to dump it. And obviously, you're not going to want to put it in your checked luggage because it ain't going to make it there. I mean, we we know how the TSA is. So, something like this will allow you if you're visiting a winery, if you're visiting a brewery, and you're from out of state, you're going to be able to ship that stuff back home, and you're going to be able to do it in a more affordable manner. Assume you know, I'm assuming then like UPS, FedEx, and whatnot. You're going to have the specific boxes that are made to do that, and you're pretty much going to be able to guarantee that your product is going to make it home without 
you know, falling apart. Another quote from this article, it was, Consumers will also have to decide whether they're willing to pay shipping fees to have something delivered when there are dozens of options in their local liquor store. I'm going to go back to one that's big on beer trade boards, Russian River. That's not available in my local liquor store. So what if I travel to Santa Rosa, California? I want to bring some home. Again, ignore Jersey beer laws for the sake of this argument. If I visit there and I know I can't bring it home on the plane, what are my options? Well, yeah, I can FedEx it. I can UPS, but I'm going to have to, you know, get the bubble wrap. I'm going to have to get multiple boxes. I'm going to have to, you know, go through all that. Or I can get the specialized box through the U.S. Postal Service. I'm not going to have to be all weird about it and say, oh, it's G-samples. And you can do it pretty much legally. You don't have to deal with all that bullshit. Now, these merchants, you know, they're they're worried that it's going to cut into their local business. I don't think it is. If I'm going to, if I was, again, ignore the Jersey laws. Pretend you're in a state that doesn't have that bullshit going on. If I'm going to mail order something, it's obviously going to be something that I can't get from my liquor store down the street. I'm not going to mail order, you know, rogue hazelnut. I'm not going to mail order southern tier creme brulee. I can find those. I don't have a problem with that. If I'm going to mail order something, it's going to be something I can't get locally because it's not distributed here. Now, I'm in a state where, legally, I can't do it anyway. So, it doesn't affect me. But I don't shit on the idea because everyone can't partake. I can't partake. It doesn't affect me. But just because I can't legally receive beer in the mail, and my birthday is coming up at the end of the month, and if anybody wants to send me beer, you know, I'm not going to turn it down. So, you know. Uh, direct message me on Twitter if you're interested in it at E-D-I-C-A-U-S or at MLR underscore alcohol. I'm not endorsing uh, illegal activity, just saying. But anyway, uh, even though I can't legally receive it, I still think it's a great idea. It gets, for for the breweries that can handle the workload on it, and to get that beer to areas that they don't ordinarily distribute to, I think it's a great idea. The Postal Service, I'm assuming, will be able to undercut UPS and FedEx because they're going to have federal backing. And as we all know, they love to waste money. So they're going to have all sorts of weird solutions, which they'll probably lose money anyway. But to our benefit... You know, I'm only on this earth for, shit, another 40, 50 years, so (laughs) fuck, why not, you know? So, I'll leave it at that. Mm. I got two bottles. Ooh, as I foam over here, drank that one a little bit too quickly. That is why I have my wonderful alcohol by volume coasters here that I'm drinking on. If And you know what? If anybody happens to want some alcohol by volume drink coasters, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. As I mentioned, the 
Twitter name. Let me see if I can uh, pour some of this into my bucket here. Uh, not on the ground. Not on the ground. Okay. You can uh, hit the show Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. Or you can even email me if you like. MLR alcohol by volume at gmail.com. If you are interested in any drink coasters, they're actually pretty cool. I gave them out at the live event. And they're they're good looking coasters with the show logo and everything. I will gladly, gladly email some out or email. I can't email them out to you. What the fuck am I talking about? I will gladly mail some out to you. And I can um, mail them from my office, which means it's going out at no cost to me. So don't even worry about it. So hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up an email if you want some coasters. They are fantastically absorbent, as I just proved by my beer kind of foaming over a little bit there. Um, wow. And here I was worried about this week not having enough show prep, and my rambling saves me again. Um, email them and people can print them to their current coasters. Well, why, well I, I suppose I could do that, you know. I, I have I have the whole design for it, so if anybody's interested, I can email you the design. Yeah, email you the high resolution design too, and you can print them out if you want. I don't know if I have people that are that big of fans of the show, but we'll see what happens. I know I have to distribute some of these coasters locally. I want to promote the show more, and honestly, you know what? If you enjoy the show, and you know people that enjoy beer. And they don't mind the drunken ramblings of some asshole from New Jersey. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Fuck. Tell your priest. You know, if you're into that. You know, tell them to check out the show. I would greatly appreciate it. Because I could could probably use the listening numbers. Use the download numbers. (laughs) Damn it, white-ass Brent. You know, you you know I'm drunk. I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, but... Honestly, if anybody does want coasters, I have a a shitload of them here because I think I ordered a little bit too many, but they're really, really, really awesome. And who doesn't need drink coasters? So again, email me, mlralcoholbyvolume at gmail.com or on Twitter. You can hit me up there at mlr underscore alcohol and let me know. Uh, DM me your address, email me your address. I'll send you out a few of them and, you know, promote the show for me, things like that. Uh, let me get into the next little little tale here. This is, this is kind of a quickie. It was an article going into why Americans don't make lambics. I'll put lambics in quote quotes there. Think about how certain beers or certain alcoholic beverages are very specific to certain regions. I've mentioned it before. Champagne cannot be called champagne unless it is made in the Champagne region of France. You have your specific restrictions on Trappist ales and things like that. You know, you you have your ones that are monastic brands that imply that they're made within a monastery, but then you have your ones that are specifically made in a monastery. Things like that. Different classifications. And it may sound snobbish, but there, 
there's a reason to be picky with the names in some cases. There, there was a whole like Twitter conversation that somebody uh, somebody raised. In fact, it was uh, I don't know if I follow her. I do not follow her. I will follow her now. The beer wench on Twitter at the beer wench. She asked favorite U.S. lambic. Ready, go, and people went nuts on it. One person replied, don't call them Lambics if they're made in the U.S. Lambic is specific to Piatinland. Okay. And then somebody else replied to that, pity we aren't strict with Pilsner. If it isn't from Pilsen, then it isn't Pilsner. Words have meanings. And then the beer wench jumped in further. The IPA is English. English, so we should stop using it in the U.S., and God forbid anyone calls a Russian imperial stout a Russian imperial stout outside of Russia. So, it, it, all, it all depends with this stuff. Can you be, do you have to be really, really picky with every single style? Um, some of them some of them really do rely on location. Now, a Pilsner, I don't think it does. I don't think a Russian Imperial Stout does either. A Lambic, there is a case to be made that Lambics are specific to that location. Lambics are actually a legally protected style. Um... And it has to do with the yeasts that is use, that are used to make them. Um, let's see. Uh, go through this article here. Now, when I, um, I, I I talk about sours all the time. I love my sour beers. Not all sours are lambics, of course, but sours are spontaneously fermented beers. What that means? I mentioned it before. Spontaneously fermented beers use wild yeasts in that locale to ferment the beer. So it will give a unique flavor to the beer depending on the location that it's brewed in. Now, with the Lambic, that's dependent on a specific location. Uh, The article says, Other breweries make spontaneously fermented beer in Belgium, but unless they're Piatinland and make it to these standards, they don't call their beers Lambic. They're making both in the letter and spirit of the law different beers. So the... Let's see. uh, Let me scroll through here. The, The yeast that you want is... Bretonomyces. That is what pretty much indicates a lambic. Otherwise, you're just getting into a spontaneously fermented beer. And when it comes to the U.S., and like the uh, initial person, was it the beer wench said, when she asked favorite U.S. lambic, what you're really talking about is a wild ale. So, lambic is region-specific. You can't have an American Lambic. It's pedantic, but it makes sense. Spontaneously fermented beer 
is not necessarily a lambic. Spontaneously fermented beer, I think that's the real style there. You get your sours, your wild ales, your Flemish red, stuff like that. So if you're, if you're looking for something that approaches a lambic but is not from Belgium, look for your wild ale. Look, look for your something you know sour. Look for your Flemish red. I think the only way they could get around that with calling with using the word lambic and trying to brew those is saying lambic style. Look at the beers out there that say Belgian style, Belgian style white, things like that. Belgian style pale ale. I know, for instance, uh, Blue Moon does that a lot. And, you know, Blue Moon, not craft beer, but I'll, I'll forgive him for that. But it's a good way of describing what you're going for. You see a lot of the a lot of the beers that are hearkening towards that Belgian pedigree of beer where they will say Belgian style and things like that. But Lambic, apparently, Lambic is one of those that, you know, it's very, very region specific. Um, let me pop back into the chat. There we go. Yeah, Roy Black on Crack says, Lambic is a registered regional product in Europe. So th- there you go. You, like, legally, you, you would, you would be facing an international lawsuit where you two, you know, were, were any brewery in the U.S. to say, this is, you know, I don't know, let me just throw a brewery out there, Lagunitas. If Lagunitas said, this is our cherry lambic, they're going to get sued. And probably by the entire country of Belgium. It's one of those things. Um, it, you know, you you could you could say it's snobbish, but it, it's a legal kind of thing. It, it, look, look at the Reinheitsgebot, the German purity... Uh, law for beer. You could say it's snobbish, but it's one of those things that it it it, it really keeps whatever they're brewing the way it's supposed to be. <sighs> I'm 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 trying to think of other things that could compare to that. I mean, the only other thing I could jump into with that I would say is music. For those that know me, I am very, I used to be very, very, very anal when it came to the classification of my music, the MP3s on my computer. And I would be very critical with tagging them, making sure that the genre was exactly what it was. Where, you know, certain bands, for instance, a band like Cam FDM, I would say I would label them as industrial or perhaps even German industrial. A band like Psychosonic, I'm getting into my deep collection here. I might label them as electronic. I may label them as electronic slash techno because of their kind of mixed pedigree there. After a while, I realized it, 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 it's not worth it. And you start kind of, you know, 
just scaling things down. And my collection is now rock, pop, orchestral, things like that. And how, Mitch, how can you label KMFDM as boring? You probably don't even know KMFDM. I have seen KMFDM live and they're not boring. Keep in mind that was, Jesus Christ, the last time I saw them was in Michigan. So that was at least 14 years ago. But... You, you kind of get the idea. With, with with music snobs, can have that same classification that they can have with beer. Mitch says the same. He used to be anal retentive about labeling music. Now it's rock, classic rock, punk, electronic, and that's exa- exactly how I do it now. It, it it's not worth it to be so goddamn anal with that stuff. I have a feeling beer may go in that direction. Now, there are certain things that... The Reinheitsgebot is not going to go anywhere. But I have a feeling the term Lambic is going to start to spread further. It It's going to expand past that legal definition. Now, obviously, you're still going to have your specific styles. You know, it, it basically branches off from lagers and ales. And it goes from there. But the really ultra-specific stuff, like Lambics, like... Um, damn it, I'm trying to think of other other things that are just... Um, Trappist ales, things like that. Trappist ales are... There's almost a reason those are so specific, because they're they're tied to they're tied to a they're tied to a physical thing. Trappist ales are tied to a monastery, so that makes sense. Lambics are more tied regionally. Um. Uh oh. Roy Black on crack is uh, saying Ryan Heights about. Uh oh. Am I pronouncing it wrong? Please. Please correct me because I don't know my German. Most of my German comes from KMFDM. See, the conversation comes full circle. But I have a feeling certain styles are going to start to blend. Uh, Like, regional styles are going to stay the way they are. But I'm starting to think that Lambics may migrate out a little bit more. Yeah, they're based on that particular yeast. I don't know. I am not an expert. I do not claim to be an expert, but you see you see how everything kinda mashes together nowadays. So then again, beer people are are beer people are a little bit more specific with it. Okay, let's see. Um, if you turn the bot into boat, it would sound a lot more exact. So, Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. Okay, I, I can go with that. Yeah, I never took German in high school. I took French. Stupid me. <sighs> I try. I try. I try. I try and sound like I know what I'm talking about. I really do. Ugh. Okay, next one I'm getting into here. Anheuser-Busch, 
they are apparently ripping off flying dogs marketing. When I first saw this article, I was a little bit iffy on it. The more I went into it, it does seem like they are deliberately trying to rip off marketing. There does seem to be a blatant resemblance. And it has to do with the Blue Dog Brews, which are, let's see, uh, Wild Blue, Rascals Wild Red, and Shadows Wild Black. I have mentioned Wild Blue on here many a time. I tried it once, and it it really had that syrupy quality to it. Not really good. Um, let's see here. I have an image here. This is a beer shelf in Colorado. I will post this to the chat in morelikeradio.com slash live. It would help if I actually use the image tag because I am a radio professional. So you see on the shelf here, you see Flying Dogs IPA and their classic pale ale. Right next to it, you have Wild Red and Wild Blue. Now, at a quick glance, you see that kind of artistic style, and you may just pick it up thinking it's Flying Dog. That's the problem that's going on here. Flying Dog CEO Jim Caruso, he's dealt with some of the fallout and confusion from emails, people emailing him saying, I bought this thinking it was Flying Dog. What the fuck? Now, when I bought that Wild Blue, and I, I want to say I tried one of the other ones. It, it may have been Wild Red, but I think it may have been in a, a build a six-pack. I, I know Wild Blue was the only one that I actually bought in a six-pack, and I regretted it instantly. Um, but I, I was not confusing it for Flying Dog. However, I was confusing it for Kraft. So, Anheuser-Busch ends up just as guilty there. So, uh, the Flying Dog CEO, Jim Caruso, he's also been told by a few retailers that their Anheuser-Busch InBev sales reps specifically ask for those Blue Dog beers to be placed next to the Flying Dog beers. He says... It's possible it's just a rep trying to hit their sales numbers, and it's not a corporate policy. Okay, fair enough. But the tactic does point to an obvious similarity between the brands. Marianne in the chat does say, Wild Blue is super sweet. And I'll concur with this. She says she liked it at first, and then it got too sweet. That's exactly what happened with me. Initially, I'm like, okay, good. This is a nice blueberry flavor. As you go on, it it just becomes too intense, too syrupy. It the flavor is just hitting you too much. I would assume, like I said, I I want to say I've had the wild red before. Probably had the wild black at some point, and those probably had the same sensation for me. But it's the kind of thing where if if you're not if you're not used to, even if you are used to sweeter flavors, it is just too sweet. I mean, I, for instance, I enjoy Lindemann's Framboise. That is a great raspberry lambic. I very much enjoy that. But it's very sweet. Certain people, people that do not like the really, really sweet can't handle that. 
honestly, the Wild Blue and, again, I would assume the others in the Blue Dog line, it, it went beyond that. Fran, the Lindemann's framboise, at least even with the sweetness, you're still feeling a natural flavor out of it. You're not feeling that artificial fruit flavor out of it. When it came to the Blue Dog Brews, you get that... It's like a melted-down popsicle. That's the best way I can describe it. It, it, it is It is that totally artificial flavor. Ugh. So, anyway. Damn it. Ugh. Anyway. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. You guys are going to catch me on this one day. And I see J5 in the chat. Who will be following me up on Unsigned Hype after my show tonight. Back live tonight. Happy to see that. So, um... Even when it's not mistaken for Flying Dog, the, the Blue Dog Brews, it's still mistaken for a craft beer. That's what happened to me. I don't always pull out my phone to you know, bring up one of my beer rating apps or whatever to see where it's brewed from or whatever. So, Blue Dog is easily mistaken for a craft beer. It makes some buyers feel ripped off, especially when they taste it. You know, Once you get past that first beer... It's not good. Not good. It's their attempt. And that's not to say that some of the, you know, big beers can't do a passable crafty brew. I enjoy, I enjoy some Line and Kugels. I enjoy some Blue Moon. Blue Dog, not good. Not good. Not good at all. Pass on it. But Caruso says, they can't sue Anheuser-Busch InBev, even if it seems like they're really trying to rip off their marketing because, quote, if we ever sued them, they would crush us with legal fees. And there you go, the United States legal system where money talks. Fuck. And Anheuser-Busch InBev chimes back, if a consumer is surprised to learn that the beer they're enjoying is brewed by Anheuser-Busch, it should be a happy discovery because our brewing credentials and quality standards are second to none in the industry. To that, I say... <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck them. Uh, I'll give you an example of a pleasant surprise for me in terms of discovery. Early when I was doing my build of six packs, I picked up Dragon Stout. And when I was logging it on Untapped, I discovered it was brewed by Red Stripe. Well, I enjoyed Dragon Stout, and I thought it was a great stout. I thought it was a great entry point for people that don't drink stouts. I've mentioned that before. If you don't, if, if you're intimidated by stouts, Dragon Stout is perfect to get you primed for that. But it's done by Red Stripe. And you think, okay, Red Stripe, big company. Ooh, you know, you see advertisements for them. What the hell? But trying the Dragon Stout, it made me want to try Red Stripe. In terms, you know, that that worked. That worked. Yeah, they didn't put their, 
you know, information on the bottle and all that. So, yeah, I could feel kind of gypped if I did not like the Dragon Stout. But I hadn't tried Red Stripe. I, Red Stripe, I tried it. I enjoy Red Stripe. I think Red Stripe is pretty good. Now, let's go for another situation here. Let me wet my whistle here. Ah, when I had Wild Blue, the Blue Dog Brew. Ugh. I thought it was pretty awful. Again, had that initial taste. I'm like, okay, very strong, blueberry, whatever. The only thing it really has going for it is the high alcohol content. I want to say it's like maybe an 8%, something like that. Other than that, very syrupy. And then was surprised to find out it was Anheuser-Busch. At that point, it was a reaction of, oh, so that's why it's kind of shitty. Whereas with the Dragon Stout, it was more of a genuine surprise. Like, oh, this is from Red Stripe? Damn, let me try Red Stripe. That might be pretty good too. Complete opposite from what Anheuser-Busch accomplished. So, Wild Blue, not a happy discovery. Dragon Stout, very happy discovery. So, you kind of get that idea going there. Um... You know what? Uh, da, 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 da. I got a little bit of time here. So I'll hit this one last one here before I get into my new beer releases and reveals. I thought this was cool. This was uh, Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. It's their brewmaster on why he does not read beer reviews. So let me cue this up here. I had an interesting experience. I guess it was last year. Uh, I was talking to guys, it was probably from Beer Advocate, and we were talking about beer ratings. And they said, well, you must you know, pay attention to you know, the ratings um, you know, about your beers. You know, this beer of yours has a, you know, an A, and this one has a B minus, and this, I said, I don't know. And they said, well, what do you mean you don't know? So I don't know. It's like, we don't, we don't look at that stuff. He said, don't you want to know what your customers think of your beer? I said, no. Like, why, why would I want to know the ratings, you know, of a beer from the public? So here's the thing I want to put out there as, a, as some food for thought. I find it fascinating, and I'm not pointing a finger at anybody here because I don't know whether any of you have ratings, you know, in your, in your blogs, but it's certainly part of the culture out there. People seem, there are many people who want the brewer today to be an artist and to listen to you at the same time. And one thing I want people to realize is one of the definitions of an artist is a person who is not listening to you. You know, the artist, you know, as a brewer, is supposed to be going and trying to make something that's hopefully beautiful, that they like. So I remember there was a, a young brewer who had started off, and he was brewing some really beautiful beers uh, 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 in the United States. And he started getting a lot of people, you know, online kind of hating on the fact that his beers were really relatively gentle and balanced. And they were more saying, "I'm trying to do something subtle and interesting and whatever else, and my ratings, you know, aren't really what I like them to be." And I said, "Well, why are you looking at the ratings?" 
say, there's one of two possibilities. You know, you could go to the ratings. Why are you looking at ratings? And I'll tell you why. Reason number one, you hope for flattery. Everybody hopes for flattery. You know, I am entirely susceptible to flattery. You know, everybody wants to say nice things about them. They're going to make them feel good. But that's not going to have any influence on your beer. Or two, somebody will say something bad about your beer, which will make you feel bad. Now, here's the question. If somebody says something negative about your beer, are you going to change it? If the answer is yes, you should probably go home and become a banker. You know, if the answer is no, then why are you reading the ratings? Well, because you hoped for flattery. It's like, stop hoping for flattery, you know, and go do the thing that you came to do. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. If, and I'm not putting, you know, any of us, myself certainly included, in this range, but you can, be, you can imagine, even if you don't like Bob Dylan, could you imagine if you found out that Bob Dylan had focus grouped all of his albums? <laughs> he had got a bunch of people in a room, and he said, okay, you know, I, I, got, I got 60 songs here, and I want you guys to tell me which ones you like best. And those are the ones who, can you imagine how crushed you would be to find out that Bob Dylan had focus grouped his albums? You'd be like, man, I thought that guy was a, was a musician. I thought he was an artist. Focus groups, that's terrible. Same people would like us to read reviews and know the ratings of our beers. It fascinates me. So, you know, as, uh, you know, look, have I done it? Of course I've done it. You know, I, 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 I've been reviewing beers for All About Beer magazine since 1990. Okay, so I'll cut that off there. He raises a great point. For those of you that have been on Beer Advocate, and even to a lesser degree untapped, you see some of these reviews that are... They're not going to help the beer. They're not going to help the beer. Everything's very, very subjective with that. One thing that I saw, there was a comment to this particular video... And really, the only thing that made sense on it, somebody said negative reviews help breweries determine what markets are getting their beer old. I know for a fact that Greg Cook of Stone has read, watched my reviews, mostly because I complain that the beers are out of code, sitting on the shelf. They're trying to alleviate that problem. Okay, that's fine. If beers are sitting on the shelf too long and they're getting old, that makes sense. Beyond that, though, He's totally right. You know what? I can think of... I think Lagunitas sucks is fucking awful. So many other people think it's great. If they listened to my one review, they would stop making it. And everybody that loves it would be pissed as shit. So, it's one of those things. You gotta trust the breweries with what they're doing. That's that's what it comes down to. Oh, White as Brent says in the chat, um, if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, try the Red Hook Game Changer Brew. I actually did try that a few weeks ago. It's really good. Pair, I think I mentioned that on the show a couple weeks ago. It does pair with their wings beautifully. Beautifully. Um, and shit, I didn't... 
Red Hook is an Anheuser-Busch subsidiary. I, For some reason, I did not know that, but yeah, the Game Changer is really good. It, 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 has, it has some nice nuances to it. Um, <laughs> and J5 says, all well, you know, if that drinking Pacifico to a person like me is like drinking water. Ah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all different tastes. That's why. That's why, for the most part, with beer reviews, you can't, you can't necessarily trust them. You, you can't. You can use them to maybe guide you into a certain direction, um, based on your tastes. Like obviously, if you're looking at an IPA and you don't like IPAs, the reviews aren't going to help you. If you're looking at a stout and the reviews are saying, eh, well, you know what, this is too bitter. Or this, you know, it's a milk stout, but it doesn't taste like a milk stout. You might be able to rely on those a little bit more, things like that. So, you you, you got to take reviews with a grain of salt. Um, and you know what, since I'm... Uh, <laughs> J5 says, he's drinking Pacifico right now and tastes like water. Why are you drinking it? Why are you drinking it, man? Ah, drink something better, man. Ah. You know, this week, uh, this week I'm going to hold off on the, uh, beer reviews. I'm going to, or not beer reviews, the releases and reveals. I'll hold them off till next week because I know the, um, the couple of things I have, not until September and, the other one's not until next year, so not not really anything we need to really worry about too much. So, uh, yeah, I'll hold that up to next week because I do not want to infringe upon J5's time for his show. So, I will close out the show. Um, let me see if I can find a closing song here because um, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. God damn it. I think that'll work. Okay. I hear screaming going on outside my door. That is one of the uh, perils of having a child. So, watch out. Use a condom. Whatever. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. You can follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at M-L-R underscore alcohol. Look me up on untapped the social media beer app alcohol by volume all one word you can follow at more like radio on twitter check out all the wonderful wonderful shows we have download them at more like radio.org coming up next is the fucking awesome j5 with unsigned hype back alive this week check them out and that is followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week on Alcohol by Volume. Enjoy your beers, people. I'll see you next week. See
Fuck it up!